0: This is Juliana McIntosh.
1: And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The The Art Art of of drinking. Drinking.
0: With Join Jules.
1: And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast.
0: Where you learn how to make two drinks.
1: A classic.
0: And a twist.
1: Plus a little backstory on the cocktail.
0: So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests.
1: Your home crafted masterpiece.
0: Hi, Uncle Brad.
1: Hey, Jules. How are you?
0: You know, I've been better. This is our fourth time trying to record this episode. Yes, it is. Our podcast. And with our schedules, it's been, what, about two weeks now that we've been trying to do this?
1: Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. So, no offense to AJ, Brad, but of all people that have tech issues, I'm very surprised that it's me. But I, I don't know what's going on. So, trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, no offense taken, especially since I work in the uh, software industry. So I've got my tech game dialed in pretty good. Right. But yeah. things happen, like me adjusting my camera right now. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, I'm getting yeah, motion hey. sick, Brad. stop moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yes. oh God.
0: It's like I'm in one of those horror movies.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like running through
0: the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blair Watch Project. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. All
1: right. Anyways, listen, I get it. Things happen. And so one, that explains why <laughs> there's been some gaps <laughs> <It's my fault. laughs> week to week. But two, it's okay. We got it solved now, I think. And this is our last episode of the season. And so we are going to come back after Thanksgiving. So mm-hmm. the week after Thanksgiving and start season four, which is crazy. I that know. We're onto our fourth concept. And so... Yeah, we got to kind of kick back and think about what that looks like. But I know we're going to reuse the stuff we made people buy in the past seasons. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. We got a couple of weeks to really think through. I mean, really, it's only like three weeks or so before we kick back again, which is kind of crazy. Nah, it's will be four weeks. Four, still, that's pretty quick. And in that time, we're going to be talking about some new cocktails, but also as we're navigating through this whole podcast, what we would love is two things. A, let us know if there's a cocktail you want to see for our next season. But B, whether you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, our producer told us that it helps us grow since we're doing this. It it helps us when you review us and rate us. So if you could rate us and then like write a little snippet.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, it'll help us a lot.
1: Yeah, if you could just give us a few just words on on what you think of the podcast, it actually really, really, really improves the algorithm. But I'll tell you what, Jules, here's what's cool. Yeah, give it to me. I was at Dashfire this past weekend doing a bitters class and totally got like recognized by some people who listened to the podcast. That's so cool. I know, I was literally like, I'm like, oh my God, let's take your picture. So I, I put it up on our story, but I took their picture. It was like this is a moment I'll always remember. So it was super cool. So I ran into Susan, Jeff, and Nancy. Again, thank you for listening. And I think it was their friend, Heidi, that turned them on to us. And she wanted to be at this bitters class that they were doing, but couldn't make it. And so it was really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So one, obviously, you know, people are picking us up and listening, but two, it would just be so helpful if people would just write a review and just kind of just say a few words. You don't have to put a lot of time into it, but love giving shout outs.
0: yeah. And that way we can keep the cocktails rolling, you know?
1: Yeah, keep the cocktails rolling and your questions and your ideas. Yeah.
0: Speaking of cocktails, Brad, what are we doing today? If you haven't looked at the title by now, which that'd be hard to mess.
1: What are we talking about today, Jules? Well, let me tell you what we're talking about today. And if you, we're talking about sangria and a wine-based punch, the thing that I think most of us have all tried at some point in our life yes. or, or some version of it, And it's something that if you haven't tried, stop what you're doing, get your pen and paper out, and write down the recipe we're gonna give you here in a little bit, because you definitely want to be drinking yourself some sangria.
0: I will say, one of my favorite sangrias, I think has to be when I was in Spain, I studied abroad in college, that was the most memorable Uh sangria.
1: Because you're in Spain, or because it was the best sangria you had here, there, or anywhere.
0: Okay. Well, I hear uh, a history or lesson coming we're on because you're in college. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So I think it could have been a couple of things, which I'm interested to hear because I would. I thought sangria was like the OG in Spain, but it could have been because I uh, was probably drinking plastic bag of wine in my college days, and then I had the sangria. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa what is this? So that could have been the case for sure. But I also think it is. I think it's definitely situational as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, we'll talk about that. I don't want to give too much away. You're you're hating. I'm not hating. There's no hate. But there's a story there. There's a story there. So after we get into the recipe, naturally, I'm going to go into the history of sangria. Of course. And all shall be revealed.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Okay. I'm interested to hear that history then. Because I would have thought you would have been like, oh yeah, really? Gosh, that's awesome. That's so cool. That's where it was born. Yeah. Okay. Also, we'll save it for the history. Yeah. But Brad, I will say, and I feel like we almost could have done, well, I guess it's kind of one of the same, but my recipe isn't really a riff, but it is a family recipe that we've been making for years and years and years. You've had it because my dad's made it and he passed down the recipe to me. We're making for me, we're doing what we call mold wine or glue wine.
1: Ah. Oh, yeah. oh, this ties even better. I love it. Okay. Tell me more.
0: If you're like, okay, what the world, what in the world, what in the world did she just say? Well, I'll tell you. Think sangria, but warm, and it Mm -hmm. is perfect since we are going to be taking a little leave of absinthe. Leave, yeah.
1: Is there absinthe in there?
0: No, leave,
1: leave. Leave of absence.
0: Yeah, I don't know that one. That one didn't come out right. Scratch that. But since we're taking a break, these two recipes are fantastic because you can make a traditional sangria for. Halloween, Thanksgiving, but then when it really starts to cool down and get cold, oh man, this mold wine, you are going to fall over. It's so good.
1: Well, I absolutely love that idea. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's, right. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Did you Brad. say recipe,
1: by the way? What?
0: I don't know. <gasps> oh, we have some tips. We're also gonna do tips.
1: <sighs> oh yeah, there's tips.
0: I have yeah. good tips. And it is how, since we're, Halloween time, how to make Mm -hmm. a bloody rim. I actually have two ways to do that. So we're gonna cover that and you're gonna want to rim your glasses this way because it just adds an easy spooky effect to, you can do it with your sangria too.
1: Dude, perfect timing. This is gonna come right out in perfect time. Everybody's gonna be so excited to make this sangria for their Halloween party.
0: Oh man, yeah, with a bloody rim, come on.
1: (laughs) Should we talk about? How to make it?
0: Give the people what they want, Brad. It's time for the recipe. Come on. Cool. Let's do it. All right, Uncle Brad. So far, we're recording this. There's no glitches on my end. I'm starting to get really happy. And I'm excited to hear, because I know how, and I'm excited for everybody else to know how, to make a classic sangria. If you've never have, seriously, let me tell you, you gotta make it. And I will say... You can also change this for white wine if you wanna make a white wine sangria. So just be open-minded if you're not a red wine person, but you gotta make this at least once.
1: Yeah, again, we'll talk about this when we get to the history. This is a version of sangria, and you're right. So it's typically made with red wine, but you can make it with white. Mm -hmm. The rules on sangria have kind of just gone all over the place.
0: (laughs) It's like a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, it's all over the place. So let us uh, let's, let me give you a version mm-hmm. of the sangria that I like. And I have made this before. And when I've made it, it doesn't stick around very long. Right. It goes quick.
0: Yeah, note to self, you may want to double this one because it does.
1: It yeah, goes quick. and you absolutely can double it. So, all right, here we go. You're going to grab a wine carafe or a pitcher or some type of large volume vessel. It could be a punch bowl, after after all, sangria is a a red wine punch, or white wine, depending upon. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna take a bottle of red wine, and I used a tempranillo, because it is a Spanish wine. And you're gonna pour that into the pitcher. And then you're gonna take a half cup of brandy, and you're going to pour that into the pitcher. And then you're going to continue pouring the rest of the stuff in. A quarter cup of Cointreau or Triple Sec or Grand Marnier. I used Cointreau. Mm -hmm. And then a one and a half ounces of simple syrup. And then what I did is I took half an apple and I cored it. And I then thin sliced that into half moons. And then I sliced that again into four or five sections. And so out of one half moon slice, you get four to five sections, yeah. so you want to throw that in the pitcher, and then I took a lemon and I halved that. And by the way, I went pole to pole when I halved it. Okay, so nip to nip or you know stem to nip, you know the top, and then okay. I. Uh, sorry, I know that's. <laughs> I could probably use a different uh, word. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh huh.
0: All right, yeah. I guess I'm oh, okay. following you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So then I take the butt off of that and I take the top off of that just because you just don't want that. It doesn't make very pretty half slices. And then I sliced that thinly and only using half of that lemon, right? I threw that into the pitcher and then I took an orange and I did the same thing, pole to pole, right? So sliced that in half and then again, took the, the, the two ends off and then I sliced that thinly and I threw that into the pitcher. And if you're using like a wine craft, it is possible that you may not be able to get all of the oranges into the carafe. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You can use some of them for a garnish later, but basic idea is you want to get all those fruits in there and then you put that into the fridge after you stir it around a little bit and you let that sit for at least an hour, okay? So you come back in an hour and then you're going to take your pitcher out of the fridge, obviously, and then you're going to take your Whatever it's a balloon glass or it's a Collins glass, a double rocks glass, whatever you want to drink this in, there really kind of aren't rules here. You're going to fill that vessel up with ice and you are going to pour three-quarter sangria mix in there. If you want to pour more than that, you can as well. And then you can top that off with carbonated water. Mm -hmm. Or if you want a little more flavor, you could use lemon-lime soda or ginger ale or even Prosecco if you wanted, which is not unheard of. And I'm telling you, that is lights out sangria. You are going to love it. Everybody else will too. And it's easy, super easy to make.
0: Super easy to make. Batch it. Do you have any notes for how far ahead of time you would batch this?
1: Yeah, I, up to an hour. But if you want to let, I mean, all you're doing is just this, the flavors are just coming together. And I don't like adding carbonated water or anything carbonated to the mix until the very end. Okay. And I would even consider adding it to the pitcher at the very end, but I also, I like people to kind of decide. I do too, yeah. Where they want their carbonation level. So if you like yours, just straight up more gas than not, then.
0: Yeah, let them decide. Yeah, let your guests decide. I've had it
1: without the carbonation and believe me, it tastes good there too.
0: I will say, I have two notes on that. First thing, letting your fruit marinate and then eating those boozy apples. I'm sorry. That's kind of one of my favorite things in sangria. Yeah. But I will say second, if you kind of want to make this spooky, what I've done before is I've actually strained out the fruit. So it just looks like this deep red, and I put it in like a beaker glass. So people have to yeah. pour it out. Like there's ways to kind of make it cool. So don't be scared to get a little spooky with it, if you will. But yeah, I love sangria. It's such a party staple.
1: Yeah, it totally is. I was at an event last week. Uh-huh. And sangria was one of the things that they were serving. And it had nothing in the glass, just on ice. So in a a tall Collins glass. So don't feel like you need to have fruit floating in your sangria.
0: True, unless you want to eat it.
1: I mean, the the rules are literally all over the place. They're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you could put fall flavors in here too. Yeah, let's hear yours.
0: Yeah, speaking of all over the place, this one's served warm. And I know a lot of people are like, what? But trust me, Brad, you can attest, because you've had it before. Life-changing. This is life-changing. If you love sangria and you've never had it warm before, have this on your first real cold day or like the first snowfall. You have this, oh my God, you're set for the rest of the year. Yeah, so
1: I mean, if you're saying you like wine-based... Right, like this is the mold wine, and honestly, with the smell of it on the stove inside the house, yeah,
0: talk about a William Sonoma hot pot, you know? Come on, Martha
1: Stewart's gonna come busting through the door (laughs) with Snoop. They're gonna sit down. They're gonna talk with you. Yeah, shoot an episode. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. This is is straight up Pottery Barn moment here.
0: Yeah. So, and it's really easy to make. (laughs) So, essentially, if you're getting what Brad said, it's essentially what we're using, just slight differences. So. Mine will serve about eight to 10 people. You'll want to get a big pot. You can use like a soup ladle too to to get it out there. You can just dunk the mugs in, kind of whatever you want to do. But what you're going to want to do is get a big pot. And what the recipe calls for, and again, I've done it kind of really quickly. You can do it exactly as it is, which you'll see on the website. What you're going to want to start with is using a Y peeler. You're gonna take a lemon and an orange, and we have two lemons that we use and three oranges. You can add maybe a little bit more oranges or lemons. Really, again, can be fluctuated to your preferences. You're gonna peel the lemons and the oranges, and you're gonna place those peels into the pot. From there, you're going to juice the two lemons and the three oranges. You're gonna strain them and add that to the pot, so you'll have those citrus juices. Then you're gonna add in your sugar, so you're gonna wanna add in about a half cup of sugar, one cup of water, and then you're gonna add in spices. So you're gonna add in about eight to 10 cloves, three to five cardamom pods, three to four cinnamon sticks. You're just gonna add that in there. You're Mm. gonna put that on medium heat and stir that until the sugar dissolves. So if you're thinking, kind of sounds familiar, It kind of sounds like a simple syrup. So essentially, we're making like this sweet mixture with those spices and the citrus. So once the sugar dissolves, you're gonna bring it to a simmer. From here, you're gonna add in two bottles of red wine. You can use a red blend. You can use a Grenache. And then you're also gonna add in about a cup of brandy or cognac. Now, I said to put this on a simmer. So keep it on a simmer. Don't get it. Any hotter, trust me, it'll get hot gradually because you don't want this to get too hot. You don't want it to boil because it will boil off the alcohol. So just really slow play it, low and slow, keep it on a simmer. And then what you can do is two ways. Once it gets to your desired heat, you can take it off and then start ladling into mugs. What we do is we keep it on once it gets, I don't, it kind of depends on your stove. But once it gets to the desired temperature, we put it on like that lowest simmer setting and we let it simmer so it just still stays warm. And that's really all it is. Again, you can dunk your cup into there, you can use a soup spoon to kind of ladle it into your mugs, but garnish this with like a little star anise or cinnamon stick, but it's so good.
1: It is, it's so good.
0: Yeah, the other thing you can I mean, do- you,
1: You've been, to you've been. I mean, you've done Europe, right? And yeah. you've been to the Christmas markets in Europe and stuff. This is like a staple.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll notice towards the end of those Christmas markets, everyone's teeth are just that tint <laughs> of purple because everyone Every, drinks them.
1: Everybody's got purple teeth <laughs> yeah. and a Kool-Aid mustache.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> Two things I want to say, though. I have, and I don't have the recipe for it, but I'm sure you can Google it. You can use one of those- Slow cookers, pressure cookers. People use those like a crock pot. That's what I'm thinking of. People use a crock pot. Really? Yeah, the other thing people do, which I would recommend, this is a great thing to do when you, you wanna bring it somewhere. You can put it in like a thermos and it'll stay warm. So can be on the go oh, if yeah. you want it to be.
1: Ooh, I just imagine all these little outdoor adventures mm-hmm. and you're like right? little thermos, your Yeti or your Stanley or whatever you're using. Ah! Yeah. Oh my gosh. This I'm seriously. Where is Martha Stewart? Right I know. Now? I feel like I need pumpkins and fall leaves and like haystacks I around challenge me right now.
0: Everyone, <laughs> let's just say like November first. I want to see you guys tag us with your mold wine. First day it gets yeah. really
1: cold. You and have to tag sangria. us. Oh, and the sangria. sangria. Yeah. Bro, look,
0: sangria. Yeah. yeah, you know, and here's
1: the thing, people are like, oh sangria, that's like so summery. Nah, man. No, it's not. You can like do fall flavors.
0: White sangria, summer. Red wine is fall winter. Sorry. That's how I roll.
1: Yeah, and by the way, I ain't afraid to drink no red or white wine in the winter either. So I'm just saying, okay,
0: right? Word up.
1: Well, should we uh, we get onto the history?
0: Yeah, I'm interested to get onto the history because you made comment of Spain in yours. You said I'm using a Spanish mm. red wine, so mm, I'm, I need I know. to learn about that. I know. I'm those.
1: throwing a little confusion in the air. Just right. Stick with me. All right. right? All right. Okay. Here we go.
0: I'm hearing a lot of things about a little Spanish slander, so I need to hear the full story. Give it to me straight.
1: All right. Well, you'll be pleased to know that sangria was, in fact, a Spanish invention. And a lot of people think, oh, was it Portugal? Was it Italy? And so they get confused, right, about where sangria came from. So it did, in fact, come from Spain. I'll talk a little bit about what Spain thinks about sangria, but but that'll come towards the end here. So let's start at the beginning because sangria has gone through a bit of an evolution. And what we didn't talk about at the top of the hour, but I did allude to like, the, the recipes are all over the place. Mm-hmm. A traditional recipe of sangria, that's kind of, <laughs> that's like, is there a traditional recipe? Yeah, eh, sure. Sure, with red wine. It's made with liqueurs and all kinds of different things. And so it's just, this thing has gone through an evolution. So Jules, we're going to hop into our time machine and we're going to go back to the year 200 BC. Mm. In 200 BC, the Romans. (laughs) What's that?
0: (laughs) I said TBT. TBT. Throwback.
1: (laughs) Throwback Tuesday?
0: Throwback Thursday to 2000 BC throwbacks oh yeah
1: yeah well yeah it is tuesday so i guess it's throwback tuesday anyways so here we are
0: brad throw it's wrong all the way
1: is it monday <laughs> oh my god i'm so
0: <laughs> yep. yep i'm so
1: off i'm so off on my date i'm all out of sorts all right i had my first cavity ever all right
0: brad you're losing it
1: i know i have like literally the everything wore off and so i'm like in the chair and they're totally like putting in the Novocaine or whatever the hell it is. And I feel like they're stabbing that needle yeah. like, into my throat from my mouth. And I got to tell you, I was sweating bullets. I was nervous. I couldn't concentrate on anything they were saying. The dentist is talking to me. And then you know, like, the dental hygienist is tapping on my forehead to try to distract me. <gasps> I wow. PTSD right now.
0: Traumatic. Traumatic. <laughs> it
1: was traumatic. I, yeah. I've never had a cavity. So wow. I don't know what it's like having somebody dig around in my mouth.
0: Wow, I've had like 50, Ugh. so it's all right. You know what? There's a first time for everyone, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: That's okay. And you know what? Good news <sighs> what is- about? What are we talking about? Yeah, oh. good news is we're throwing it back to 2000 BC. We're not yeah. sure if it were a Monday or a Tuesday because guess what? It doesn't matter.
1: Sure. We're actually gonna go back to 200 BC, so we have to go all the way back to 2000. But
0: Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a two in there.
1: Both. Wow. We're a long freaking time ago.
0: (laughs) Hey, moral of this story. Yeah, reel it in.
1: Moral of the story is this. Here we are. We are on the Iberian Peninsula, and Romans are coming. And they breach Carthage defenses, and they march all over in what was a 200-year occupation and conquest. So Rome brought with them to Spain, which wasn't Spain back then. It was, I think they called it Hispania back then, but Rome brought with them, besides bloodshed, they brought law, they brought the Latin language, they brought bridges, aqueducts, roads, but most importantly, Jules, they brought grapes. Romans brought grape stock and the Spanish took that and said, let's put that in the ground and we're gonna start making some wine. Now, the thing is, beer and wine was made out of necessity way back when because Mm -hmm. water wasn't very safe to drink. And so you didn't always have access to fresh water. So they literally drank beer and wine to stay hydrated and because the alcohol would kill off any harmful bacteria. So Spanish wine in particular was terrible, very bad. And so to make it taste better, they would mix it with spices and they would mix it with fruits and they would also mix it with a little something sweet. Now it wasn't sugar because sugar didn't come along until like the ninth century they mixed it with honey. And oranges, by the way, weren't used in sangria back then or with the original case of sangria, I should say, because those didn't come along until the 10th century. So whatever they used, it was stuff that was available to them at that time. So boom, we have the birth of sangria. And it was probably some guy in Spain who was sitting around and he was like, hey, this tastes very good. I think we need to give it a name. And so uh, what name should we call it? What is the, Matteo, what is the name, the Latin name for blood or bloodshed? We want to mark our struggles. And Matteo says, oh, Dominique, that is Sanguinis. Ah, Sanguinis, a very interesting name, but I don't like the name Sanguinis. We are going to call this Hippocras. And so Sangria, before it was Sangria, it was called Hippocras. Huh. Now, Hippocris, like I said, very popular. The Spaniards loved it and it conquered Spain much like the Romans did. And it was the drink of choice for a very, very, very long time. Well, one day, Spain builds ships and they sail those ships to the new world. And with them, they brought Hippocris and they brought Madeira and they brought port. Some other countries followed them and those countries brought interest, (laughs) thirst, and some of their own things like brandy and other fun inventions. By the way, let's also remember that it was the British who way back when introduced us to the concept of punch, which mm-hmm. they got from India. That's right. So sangria and punch follow very, very similar paths. Well, what ends up happening is, and likely it was probably some Brits who got a hold of a Spanish ship and were like, oh, hey, what do you got here? Let me just go ahead and look at your stocks. One second, here we go. What do we got? We've got, oh, uh, uh, we said brandy, and we've got, oh, a Let's that's, get some of this over okay. here. And here we go. This looks very nice. And, oh, what's this thing in the clay pot? Is it, what do you call this? Ah, yes, we call it Hippocrius. Ah, that is not a good name. So we are going to rename this, and let's put some port in here, and let's put some brandy in here, and, ah, shit, Let's grab some fruits and spices and all kinds of things, and we're going to give it another name. And that name's <laughs> going to be Sangari. And so sangaree was invented, wow. and they loved themselves some sangaree in the Caribbean.
0: Yeah, well, Brad, I feel like I was there, by the way, with that performance, just so you know. Did you feel? <laughs> I f- felt it, yeah. You felt it? Oh yeah, Good. yeah, sangaree.
1: I was going for emotional effect.
0: Yeah, wow, <laughs> you have future in theater. It was It was moving, to say the least.
1: You know, I tried out for a theater class once in college and (laughs) failed miserably.
0: No. Well, jokes on them, Brad. Yeah. Because that was fantastic.
1: That might be Oscar worthy right (laughs) there. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, God. So they are running sangaree all over the Caribbean and the people on the island of Hispaniola, which is what is now Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Okay. So they get a hold of it. And by the way, rum becomes a thing, right? Yes. In the Caribbean. And so the people who were on the island of Hispaniola were like, well, we've got to put rum in this, clearly, because rum's so good. And then they infuse it with other barks and spices, and they give it a name, and they call it Mama Juana. And Mama Juana was something that they said it could cure the flu. Mm Mm-hmm. It was an aphrodisiac. So if you were gonna have a little night in the town, you're gonna go relax the ladies. It's uh, something that everybody would be drinking. to. Yeah, Mama Juana. And so Mama Juana became quite popular. Well, then the Latin Americans get a hold of it. And they add triple sec in Cointreau or Grand Marnier or whatever was available to them at that time. Forgive the history timeline, but it was an orange liqueur. And that gets added to it. And they say... You know what, we are gonna call it the Claret Cup because Claret is a name for Bordeaux, which is a red wine from the region of Bordeaux in France. Mm -hmm. It's a British term for red wine. They call it Claret. Latin Americans call it the Claret Cup. Let's just make sure you're keeping track of all this, right? So we've got the Romans who conquered Spain. They brought grapes. Spanish wine sucks. So Mm -hmm. they add fruit and honey and spices to try to make it taste more palatable. They love it. Makes its way over to the Caribbean. The British get a hold of it. They call it sangria. The people on the island of Hispaniola add rum, which is why you sometimes see sangria recipes with rum. And the British also added port wine or Madeira or brandy. It just kind of depended upon the moment. And then also the Latin Americans add triple sec or an orange liqueur. So mm-hmm. this is why when people say, "Well, so what is the original recipe for sangria?" It's like there isn't one. It's just no. all over the map. So then you're like, okay, well, the British gave us sangaree, so that's where modern day sangria comes from. And the answer to that is, no, they're not. <laughs> they like had a mutation or a, a like an right. offshoot of Hippocris, which they called sangaree. It wasn't until 1964, Jules, mm-hmm. that the Spanish come to America in the World's Fair in New York and in the spanish pavilion they are trying to bring awareness and change the opinion of spanish wine so to change the opinion of spanish wine what do they do they mix it with sugar brandy fruits <laughs> and they serve something called sangria which does come from sangre is the spanish word for blood okay and so it comes from the word sangre so we've kind of done full circle right and the people who attended the World's Fair were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We absolutely love, and the Spanish are waiting with like bated breath, like they're anticipating saying, oh, how much they love Spanish wine. We love sangria. They don't give a rip about Spanish wine. In fact, Spanish wine still has like a negative opinion for many, many years after that. Yeah. But the world, predominantly America, falls in love with sangria and it becomes the most popular cocktail and still is like, Top cocktails around the United States and truthfully around the world. Now, I talked to you earlier about Spanish sangria, okay? And I gave you some flack about Spain. If you go to Spain and you order sangria, they see you coming. They know it's a tourist (laughs) thing. They don't even really drink sangria in Spain. They drink something called tinto verano, which is wine and lemon soda, which is also why sometimes you see lemon soda in sangria. Mm -hmm. But if you say, oh, well, I like, I want a sangria. I mean, they caught on and so like, oh, we're gonna add some vermouth and we're gonna charge it double. So a vino or a Tinto Verano is cheap, but they amp up the price as soon as you say you want sangria. Now, does it mean that there aren't places in Spain that make excellent sangria? No, of course there are. There are people who took that and they say, hey, these are our roots. We're gonna make an awesome sangria. So it is possible that you had a fantastic sangria from somebody who made a fantastic sangria.
0: I bet you they were like, oh, who's this 20-something-year-old little college girl coming in with all of our friends? Oh, yeah, for sure. I wasn't, I didn't care back then.
1: Who cares? You're in Spain. Like, man, you could put like hot dog water in a cup and I might still drink it.
0: Well, right. I think, Brad, you would back me up on this. If you go to Spain, you have to order sangria at least once from somewhere. And I would hope to do your research for, like you you were saying, Brad, a place that really specializes in a really good sangria, but you gotta have it at least once, come on.
1: But it's doubtful it is coming from an ancient recipe. It's it's probably, and and just because it was made a long time ago doesn't mean it's good. We all don't drive Model Ts, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we all drive better cars than the first cars that were invented. But you know, yeah, it's, it's they they probably make great sangrias in some of the places, and maybe that happened to you. Now, here's one more interesting fact I'm going to tell you. Okay. You mentioned mulled wine. I did. Do you know who invented mulled wine? You think it's like the Germans or somewhere yeah, in I Europe would say the Germans. or Scandinavia, like glue wine, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Romans. Really? The
1: Romans invented mulled wine, but huh. do you want to know what came first? Hippocrates came first. The Romans invented something called conditum paradoxum, and that was what is mold wine today. And huh. what did the Romans do? They conquered Europe. They ran all over the place. They brought all the things that they like and love with them. Yeah. And so mold wine made its way into Europe. It made its way up into Scandinavia. It became glue wine. So yeah, you can the thank Romans. the Romans for mold wine, but really, Hippocrates, what is predating sangria? actually predates mold wine.
0: Wow, interesting. Those Romans, they always had their finger on the pulse.
1: <laughs> or your their foot on your neck. Okay, well, hey, listen. So that's my friends and my dear dear niece Jules is the history of a sangria, a sangria and now mold wine.
0: Yeah. Well, and I would say even with that history, I think now even given the recipes out there, you can perfect a sangria to your own preferences pretty darn well.
1: Add the flavors that speak to you.
0: Highly recommend it.
1: Should we get into tips?
0: Yeah, enough of the sangria, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Well, Brad, I'm so, well, first off, any and everybody who has stuck with us, I'm so thankful to be here. There's been no glitches on my end. So um, <laughs> I just, I really need to pat myself on the back. Like we you made have PTSD it this
1: here. No, I like, have
0: PTSD. We've been trying to record for two weeks. So I'm just happy that we're here. We're here now and that's what matters. We did it. We we did it. I have a tip for you guys. And actually, I would argue, I now have three different ways to make a bloody rim. First way that I'm gonna tell you might be slightly more difficult, but it is the best way because I think you can control the drip a little bit better where some of the other ones it does, it can get a little too drippy. So let me walk you through how to make a bloody rim. First and foremost, my preferred way, which is using a red simple syrup. This could be, I used grenadine, so it could be grenadine, it could be a cranberry syrup, it could be a pomegranate syrup, maybe even a blood orange. Anything that's red and a simple syrup, you'll want to use.
1: And you want to make it thick, right? Like you want a thick, thick one.
0: I mean, it doesn't really matter because we're going to cook it down no matter what. So as long as it's a sugar syrup, you're good and it's red. So what you're going to want to do is take about a half ounce, three quarters ounce of that syrup. Put it in a pot. You're going to want to put that over, I would say, a medium low heat. And you're going to cook it down. Cook it down until it starts to bubble. And you'll pick up the pot. You can tilt the pot a little bit and you'll notice how it starts to fall towards the other end of the pot. Once it starts to move a little slower than actual liquid, that's what you want. You want it to kind of feel like that molassesy thick movement. So once it gets there, you're gonna pour that onto a plate or a saucer, whatever you use to rim your glasses, Do let it cool. Uh, You don't want it to be really hot. You'll crack and break your glass. Nobody wants that. So let it cool until you can put your finger on it and it's okay. From there, you're going to rim your glass and stand it upright. It will fall. But if you notice that it doesn't have those pulls and areas that you want, take the back of a bar spoon and get it with that, that cooked down syrup and then just kind of start to drag it where you want it. And then it will start to fall and you will have this bloody rim. This is one of my favorite ways because I think it's the easiest to clean. Once you're done with all of that and you've had your cocktail and you're ready to clean it up, just soak it in water. It will literally dissolve in the water and then makes it super easy to clean. So that's way number one. Way number two is get a agave honey, if you will. Don't get a maple syrup. So I would say honey or agave, something with a thick syrup, add red food coloring. One to two drops and then just mix that together. Dip it and then put that in the freezer and it will drip in the freezer but it will actually harden so it won't drip all the way down to where it's literally, you know, there's no point in it. So that's way number two is to kind of use your food coloring. Now, another way to make a bloody rim and I would say that this is more for dessert cocktails, get white chocolate, and you can, I think you can put it in the microwave. You can do like a double boiler, just melt the white chocolate down, red food dye, mix it together, and then rim your glass, and you'll have a red chocolate rim.
1: I love it. That's a great idea. Yeah. Damn, Jules.
0: Come on, Halloween. Sounds so good. Halloween's my favorite until Christmas. So if you haven't already, there's 31 Cocktails of Halloween happening over on the Join Jewels Instagram page. So go find one that you like, make it for Halloween and then in December, which we'll talk about on season 4, I'm doing the 25 days of Christmas cocktails. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah, no, this is like we're starting that we're starting the stretch. Halloween, oh, yeah. I love Thanksgiving, by the way. So, Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. And I love those holidays. At New Year's, I'm kind of out. I'm like, all right, New Year's, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: But Brad, I'm gonna make you promise on this podcast right now, to everybody listening, the cocktails you make for the Thanksgiving season, Friendsgiving, whatever it is, you have to share it on our Instagram.
1: I'll get better, I will. I just get so (laughs) self-conscious about recording myself. But I will, I'll do it, I'll do it, I know, I know. Okay. All right, hey, this is it. I'm committing to you, and everybody who's listening, I am going to record myself and not feel self-conscious about
0: yeah. it. all right.
1: That's it. Jules, that's a wrap, We dude. did it,
0: we did it. Yeah, Finally.
1: we got through it. End of the season. Wow. Stick around for four weeks. Maybe you want to do something in between now and then, but check us out in four weeks and we're going to be back with season four and we've got holiday stuff to talk about. we got new cocktails and we're going to reuse some of the goodness that we've brought to you so far.
0: Yes, we are. All right, we'll see you soon. See you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad.
1: Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show.
0: Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com.
1: And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjules or at favorite uncle brad that's me also on the insta
0: and hey subscribe to my cocktail club on facebook all you'll need to do is search join jules cocktail club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up
1: this is a red rock music podcast
0: don't forget subscribe like and review the art of drinking with join jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts